have you seen the commercials and how do you feel about the idea that this uh, upcoming season of American Crime Story is going to be the Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky trial? I don't, yeah, uh, I've I seen like a few of the, the teasers for it. Um, I feel like I'm so burnt out on politics that I don't need a politics story. And I, and, I mean, right? I was old enough in the 90s that I remember it. I know, I know the Murphy Falchuk house is going to do a great take on it and it'll be really entertaining. So that's the bigger draw to me than going and revisiting the story altogether. Uh, what do you think? I was going to say the exact same thing where like, I have no doubt that it'll be excellent and it seems very fitting for, you know, the, I guess, kind of overall catalog of Ryan Murphy properties. But I do feel as if I have really no interest in watching this story right now, unfortunately. It's just, <laughs> it's your point. It's like, I want more escapism, you know? I don't want to revisit political scandals. Mm-hmm. We've but. just been through a lot of them, and it's time to... Yeah, we need escapism. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, maybe others feel differently, though. What were you going to show me? Do you see this? Oh, is this a Baal fertility totem? It's a fertility totem or a fertility um, talisman. It's it's It looks like... So I would describe this as... It's wooden, and it's um, a woman with her arms above her head circled, but, like, she's got no face. And uh, there's, like, a tree and a moon, like, in her what would be, like, her dress or her legs. And there's a little bump in the middle, and obviously she has breasts. And there's, like, a little squirrel on the other side. Anyway, we got this maybe two years ago. Um, We were on a trip, I think, in San Francisco. I can't remember because that's when we just decided we were going to start trying to have a baby. <laughs> um, but no demons in my house that I know of or have seen. Thank very, God. Very important question. Did you put that under your bed? No, it was on the nightstand. On Not on my Got side. But yeah. So maybe that's why. You just, uh, Billy Lord shouldn't have put it under her bed. She should have just set it on the, on the dresser. Well, depending on the perspective, you either did it right or wrong. Yep. So. <laughs> Um, well, do we want to start the episode? Indeed, I think we do. Let's go for it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story and the new anthology C, uh, show American Horror Stories. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted. What's up, everyone? Um, we're on episode five now. What's up, Tyler? Episode five. Baal. Baal. Baalin. Mm-hmm. Baalin. Uh, <laughs> lots to talk about. It was an interesting one. Uh, man, this episode to me... Um, it had it had some interesting twists and turns that I'm very excited to talk to you about. Before we dive in, I want to cover a couple kind of quick upfront things. First one being, uh, you know, usually just recapping, when we watch our normal uh, American Horror Story series, we normally have some kind of alcohol drink that we are uh, enjoying after immediately after the show as we record. You'll remember that for American Horror Stories, we record a couple days after the fact. Normally on a Sunday morning, so indeed it's typically like coffee or in, sometimes in Chris's case some kind of fancy water situation. <laughs> I do have a kombucha this morning, raspberry lemon. <laughs> so, so nothing interesting that. It, well, maybe that's interesting. 
that we're drinking at the moment. But a couple other things to cover. Um, I will, in a minute, run through some great emails and Facebook messages and things we have gotten from folks who have written in with their thoughts or their questions or their theories. Please continue to do so. Mm -hmm. We always appreciate that. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory, or you can email us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. Of course, you can always rate us and review us uh, on whatever podcast platform you use for your listening, so we certainly appreciate that as well. And finally, we are trying out a new kind of initiative starting today, and we'll see how it goes. You know, Chris and I have been doing this podcast for 10 years now. Um, it's always just been, you know, something we've done for fun, something because we like the community, we enjoy the show, we enjoy talking about it with each other from, you know, every fall or starting this year, every summer too. Um, but, you know, we, we always have paid our server costs and everything out of pocket here and so we finally decided we were going to go ahead and set up uh, some kind of creative donation system for those of you who've been listening for a long time or for a short time and enjoy the show and, you know, have any interest in buying us a quote-unquote virtual coffee or some kind of virtual <laughs> donation that goes toward kind of our server costs and just um, kind of supports, supports this programming. So if you have an interest, um, you can go ahead and go to www.buymeacoffee.com. That's all one word, buymeacoffee dot com slash t-a-h-s all caps and that's where you can you know donate whatever you'd like you know two bucks four bucks whatever it doesn't really matter to us it, we just appreciate it and it goes toward kind of our ongoing server costs which tend to go up as we get more listeners which is awesome it's a good uh, problem to have so indeed indeed any any uh anything you want to add on to that chris no just if you do thank you so much and thanks to everyone for being the best audience and fans that we could have asked for uh, in our little community that we've all created together. It's awesome. So anything helps, but just listening is cool too. Exactly right. So thanks so much. Uh, feel no obligation, but it's there if you want to. So before we dive into the actual meat and bones of this particular episode, I want to spin through some great messages and emails we got from different folks on our, through our platforms. Cool. First off, I'm going to shout out Taylor via email who, um, Seems like had like some mixed feelings about the episode. I'm going to run through some of the highlights. First of all, felt like the baby monitor stuff gave her a bit of a insidious vibes. I wrote that down too. Through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, th I think there's some really good, definitely illusions I felt too as, as running through this. And I'm going to spin through a few in a minute. Uh, also mentioned that she felt the second half of the episode felt a bit rushed. But I mean, I think that's going to be the nature of when you're packing everything into a single hour or in a lot of mm -hmm. these cases, like 48 minutes, you know, you're going to get in that position a little bit. We felt the same way with Bro House. Mm -hmm. uh, and also finally ended by saying a couple things. First off, that she felt that the actor who played Matt, which I believe was Ronan Rubenstein, who mm -hmm. is a... Um, 911 Lone Star alum. Mm -hmm. She felt like he was an awful actor. She was not a big fan of his <laughs> acting. So we'll be curious to ask you, which is funny because we have a contrary opinion in the next email. <laughs> and uh, finally, um, you know, there's a, a, a little fun little comment to add here where she said that Billy always, Billy Lord always had a smirk or has a little smirk kind of throughout the episode, but especially at the end. And she was thinking, you know, why is she acting like she's trying to seduce this demon? Um, but then ended up, in fact, trying to seduce the demon and did so. So that was kind of, like, mm -hmm. um, man, I'm excited to talk with you a little bit about that demon sex scene, which, you know, we only kind of saw the very beginning of. Thank God. <laughs> Bryce, via email, one of our longtime listeners here, was a huge fan of Billy Lord's performance, which I have a feeling you and I are both going to have a mm -hmm. lot of kudos for, potentially. Um, and he, a good comment he had is, you know, he said, last week I commented on how the true horror of each episode is the human element, and this episode was no different. Gaslight, gaslighting is horrifying. 
Um, and I agree with that. You know, that does seem to be the case. Obviously, when we talked about the bro house last week, those guys, the horror we said was the bros, not even uh, Danny Trejo's mm-hmm. Santa killer. And so that is true. And he also referenced that an episode of 911 uh, also covered gaslighting in an episode. So this is not necessarily brand new territory for Ryan Murphy. Um, you know, he called out the Rosemary's Baby undertones that were through. And, I, you know, there's a lot of horror. There's a lot of good horror that involves, you know, pregnancy and young babies. And I mean, hell, that was even a major component of Murder House, the original season of Murder mm-hmm. House, right? And so it's it, we're revisiting some of that. And I think it's it continues to be great fodder for horror. Yeah. And then the final thing Bryce said is that he felt like the reason this episode worked so much more than the others was that the veteran actress or actor, Billy Lord, in this case, was the main character. Whereas the previous episodes had like John Carroll Lynch, Danny Trejo, Matt Bomer, they weren't the main characters and kind of played cameo parts. So having mm-hmm. somebody who was actually like kind of a, a real acting powerhouse um, actor uh, kind of be the primary person in this really lent the, uh, was good for the episode. A couple shorter comments. William B. Email said that he his only critique of this episode is that he wishes that it had been Papa Legba from Coven who was the demon instead of the owl because <laughs> it would have tied oh. the whole world together. And, yeah. you know, we already know that Papa Legba has a thing for babies and innocent souls and stuff like that. So that could have been a good, good uh, full Ryan Murphy world tie-in. He also suggested that we use consecrated daggers as our measuring tool for the end of this episode, which I think we could circle back to if we feel good about. I was going to say demon uh, fertility totems. Demon toes. Maybe we'll do yeah, do both. Maybe you do one and I'll do the other. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, Amy on Facebook thought this episode was so close until Liv got in bed with Baal and it became kind of a... American weird Horror Story. Homage. Yeah, weird homage to Buffy the, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sounds like so. Oh, that's true. I like that. That's a good point. It did go full on Ryan Murphy at the end there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, a couple of different um, background things before we dive into the cold open. You know, Baal really is the god of fertility, kind of came from ancient Mesopotamia and has had a lot of different interpretations throughout the years. Um, not, not always just associated with sexual fertility. There was a lot of, especially in those days, associated with like fertility of crops and, you know, the, the fertility of the harvest and stuff like that. So obviously those kind of all get tied in when you think of kind of the Mother Earth aspect of everything. Um, other thing I was going to ask you before we dive into, have you watched the show Servant on Apple TV? I have not. No. What uh, is it about? Uh, Servant is awesome. I don't <laughs> want to tell you too much, but it is. it, it has to do with basically kind of a um, demonic nanny. And there, there's, a lot, there's some tie-ins here, a lot of creepy stuff happening with baby monitors, um, even weirder and creepier stuff that I don't want to give away. Highly recommend for those who haven't seen it to go check out Servant on Apple TV. It also includes, one of the main actors is um, Rupert Grint, who played Ron oh, Weasley yeah. in Ron the Harry Potter series, playing a very different character than Ron Weasley. So anyway, <laughs> cool. Hi- highly recommend that one. Okay. It's, it's a fun show. It's, like, it's, it's, it's got horror elements, but also like very dark comedy elements. So. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's only two seasons so far, so cool. you should go check it out. Um, you want to dive into the cold open and give it a little bit of a spin for us? Sure, yeah. So um, we open with uh, Liv and Matt. Liv is Billy Lord. Matt is um, Rubenstein. Rubenstein. And um, they're at the fertility doctor. They've had five unsuccessful IVFs, which, damn, that's expensive. <laughs> um, and the doctor says it's time to consider some other options. Um, but she wants to be pregnant. She wants to feel it. And that's, you know, what, and it's her money. We learned she's wealthy. So she's going to do it as she's scheduling, 
the uh also this is really cool because billy lord had a baby during the during pandemic so like this this is like just hits a different level because she is a mother she just became a mother so i i really liked that kind of um uh mirroring of her own life i don't know what her fertility's issues were if she had any but anyway she goes to schedule her follow-up appointment for the next ivf um and the woman who's the receptionist there who's checking uh them out and scheduling uh says she's seen them there for two years and she shouldn't do this but here's a fertility totem she says put it under your bed um during intimacy and hopefully you'll have a baby and she says she got it from her family who's into like you know lots of pagan rituals and things like that um we go back home with with Liv and matt and they actually seem like this really sweet couple they're both young and gorgeous and love each other he's an actor he's an audition he's struggling or he has an audition coming up he's struggling but they seem very supportive of each other's dreams um and then we have this like kind of sex montage during a thunderstorm that's filmed in this nightmarish really awesome way uh, and then that's that. And then that's then we get the opening credits. It's a good totally. scene set or uh, a setting. What the what the stakes are, what the problems are, and what the goals are for each of our characters. So I, I think it does a great, efficient job of getting us right to caring about it because you do care about people who want to have a baby, um, but also showing their personal struggles and what they're dealing with and what lengths they're willing to go to get it. Exactly. I felt like this was a really excellent cold open. Mm-hmm. Um, so prop, major props to that to director Sanaa Hamri, Hamri, who yeah. has also yeah has also directed some episodes of Nine One One Lone Star and also I think an episode of Glee in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think she um, so you know and um, she did a lot of Empire produced and yeah, directed. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So the, oh, I mean, and a, like and a ton said. of music videos. She's a big music video director, which definitely came through in this. The visuals and everything was so awesome in this episode. For sure, the vibe, and like kind of you said that like tribal style sex scene. I feel like you kind of got some of those vibes a little bit, which mm-hmm. was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, also, props to not only Manny Cotto, who is the writer who has done the past three episodes now, um, inclu- all, including this one in the past two, but also Ali Adler, mm-hmm. who is a co-writer on this, who has written on shows like Supergirl and Chuck, um, who I thought also did a pretty solid job, especially given kind of some of the more unexpected twists in this episode. Yeah, um, a couple of couple things from the cold open I wanted to call out. First off, was um, when Liv says to the receptionist, you know, I never thought it would be so hard to become what I tried to avoid in high school. Of course, she's talking about becoming a mother, becoming pregnant. And it is very funny as someone who my partner is currently pregnant. And obviously, you had a child last year. It is a very strange point in your life as you get older when you get to this transition where when you were young, you know, you're, you do everything you can to try to like, you know, avoid an accidental pregnancy to the point where, you know, we know plenty of people like Liv and Matt who have struggled to get pregnant at a certain time. And it like, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a unique experience when the coin is flipped like that in your life. We made that uh, joke so many times when we decided to have our baby that, you know, cause it didn't happen immediately, but it, you know, it happened, but it's it, the same ex- when it came out of Liv's mouth. It's exactly like I chuckled. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, we made that joke too. Like you try so hard for so long to not do something and then you want it and you're ready for it, but then it doesn't always happen right away. Right. The only other thing I want to note about the cold open is while, you know, certainly it, I, I was surprised later to to find the friction in Matt and Liv's relationship. Maybe others weren't, but there was like, there was, I had some comments in here that had me questioning some things. One of them was when they're in bed and he says something to her like, you know, you stuck me, th- you're, you've stuck me with me through this 
whole acting gig. I'll stick with you through the process of getting a baby. It, it struck me as a little bit like maybe they're just a little backward or something, but it was kind of like, well, it's going to be both of your babies. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not exactly like you're, I mean, what's the favor here you're doing? I feel like you need to be more, as the father of this child, you should probably be a little bit more involved emotionally and stuff in what the process is of bringing the baby to life. I don't know. Right. I think that was kind of starting to plant the seed of like, oh, maybe he didn't want this baby. Um, which, again, when we get to the end, it's, a lot of it, my question is like, was this actually earned? Was what did do we have enough hints along the way that this betrayal was going to happen? That that I'm a little iffy on. Um, but anyway, we can keep moving. Yeah. Oh yeah. So then, um, what do you think about the opening credits? I thought it was excellent. Again, I yeah. feel like they keep nailing it. Um, it continues to, for whatever reason to me to have like a, visually like a little bit of a Bond vibe. Now that you mentioned that a couple episodes ago, <laughs> and I can't get that out of my head when I see these, but I think it's very cool, and I like that about it. What did you think? I love it. Yeah, yeah. It was just flashes of demonic images, like a house and flowers and babies or fetuses, um, demons, crows, and it all all filmed or designed in red and black tones, which I thought was really cool. Obviously, American Horror Story colors. It just it was it works great. It stylized. Loved it. I, I've not been disappointed by any of the uh, opening credits so far, and this this one also super great. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's so cool that they're continuing to do different ones for every episode. But then we cut. Uh, that's probably a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, then we cut immediately 16 months later. So we're assuming she has a baby. Well, exactly. And obviously it's not going well. She's in baby hell, as she puts it. Mm. Things aren't great. Um, and at this point, though, I don't think there's actually been any appearance of Baal yet. So I'm assuming 16 months later, that baby's probably six months old, roughly. Yeah. Um, so it's been born for a while and there hasn't been an appearance of the demon yet until, of course, she happens to find the statuette underneath the bed again. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also introduced to Norma, who is the kind of sweet housekeeper who, um, is trying to be helpful, even though Liv doesn't necessarily appreciate it because the baby chills whenever Norma's around. And of mm-hmm. course we end up seeing Norma run away when she finally sees the statue later on. Yeah. Who knows if that's something Matt paid her for or not. I don't think we get, I don't think they mentioned that. Uh, but someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Other thing I will yeah. say here, uh, Matt comes back early on in this really horrifying makeup from like being a dead body on <laughs> NCIS or something. And in retrospect, it's a little bit of a hint that, you know, they have pretty uh, impressive like makeup and costume capabilities for like when they are dressing up as Baal mm-hmm. later on, right? Yeah. Um, and of course, not long after is when she first sees Baal hovering over the crib um, you know, the closet doors open. She, she even sees Baal on the monitor behind her, which I will say, you know, assuming this is all the special effect work of Matt's friend, uh, it's pretty impressive, like special effects work. That guy should, I mean, I hope he's making <laughs> bank uh, at the job he was doing before he got his spine ripped out, or maybe that was the other friend. That was the other friend. That was the, that was the sound guy that got his, uh, spinal cord ripped out. No, this, this whole baby monitor sequence, it was scary. It was a good jump scare. This was reminded me of an insidious or like paranormal activity, uh, but more insidious because there's always the, that the, the child is haunted. And in that movie, um, the, you can like see the ghost or the demon, like up in the corner, like kind of hovered over it. That movie is so great. It's so scary. Um, but I totally got those vibes and Billy Lord sells it. It, it was spooky and crazy and loved it. Mm-hmm. Matt, of course, sends her to a therapist, 
uh, Dr. Berger, who is played by the other Vanessa Williams. And I don't know if, like you, when I saw Vanessa Williams in the credits, I got I was so excited. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was... Ugly, Ugly Betty, Desperate Housewives, um, I, you know, numerous credits to the other Vanessa Williams name. But I looked into this Saving a little bit. Saving all my love for you. Yes, music, exactly. music artist. <laughs> uh, very multi-talented, Vanessa Williams. Not that this Vanessa Williams isn't. In fact, apparently they had some kind of like um, lawsuit against each other, both Vanessa Williams, to like m- compete over who got the name. And basically, apparently in court, I was reading up on this, it was decided that they both had come to independent success without the name of the other, so they both could keep the name Vanessa Williams for credits. Huh. Um, so that's funny. This Vanessa Williams has been in a lot of other things too. One of them is the 1992 horror movie Candyman, which is being remade this year. Yeah. So she is. She does have a background in horror as well, and I thought does does a great job as Doctor Berger. Oh, also I I said it incorrectly. Um, Save the best for last is one of my favorite Vanessa Williams songs. Do you know that one? Mm-mm. Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. Just when you thought our love oh, yeah. has passed. You go and save the best for last. Anyway, okay. I do know that song. I don't even know that I knew that was Vanessa Williams. So there you go. (laughs) Add it to your Spotify playlist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, so after this, she kind of briefly feels like, you know, maybe she's figured stuff out and Mm -hmm. Aaron's going to be okay and whatever. Um, Obviously, quickly goes sideways again. There's the demon totem in the crib, and that's when Norma quits her job on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the really horrifying uh, duct stuff happening in the basement, yeah. where it's been like clawed apart. And uh, I mean, to your point, I thought that this this episode did a pretty darn good job of like actually bringing in more traditional scary elements and being really creepy in a way that maybe has not fully been realized yet this season. Uh, and I was really happy to see that. Agreed. Like this was a haunted house that felt like it was a house that was becoming haunted without 17,000 ghosts and they're doing things. It just felt much more organic the way things unfolded. It was, it was just well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did want to note that bugged me a touch is that Liv Googles around to find the pictures of Baal and kind of get the background on Baal again. This is not the first time this season where people are getting urban legends from Google. I know. I wrote that down or too. From, or, or from online, not even just yeah. Google, but like online just stories. Online search exposition. Yeah, not it's, my favorite way to get information. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a crutch, but I guess if we're trying to hurry through the episode, you know, it does the job, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Liv continues to kind of spiral. You know, there's the audio stuff in the vent or about I, I want him that she has. Like, she, she has some pretty sophisticated uh, audio analysis on that. And also, I think there was a bit of a Scream Queens homage there when she puts the headphones on and is listening on the Yeah, computer. we love our Billy Lord Chanel with her headphones on. Yeah. Um, you know, Dr. Berger prescribes her Zoloft, mm-hmm. um, which we later find out is actually Switched some kind out. of hallucinogenic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the scene with Matt's college friends over, uh, his, we later learned kind of partners in crime, who, um, after the kind of the very amateur Jack Mihoff joke, spell out, he is mine. <laughs> Once I once once I got to Jack and Emma, I'm like, all right, I know where this is going. Who's the clown? That was funny. Yeah. At this point, you know, when she yells at Matt, he kind of he's like, "You embarrass me to my friends," and she's like, "Fuck you, Matt. Fuck you." Yeah. I I wrote down that I kind of agreed with Billy Lord. I was like, "Come on, man! Like, have we ever seen you once holding your own child? Like, you're totally absent from the life, mm-hmm. or you know, as far as we know, from anything involved with your own child." Um. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, and then at this point we know, you know, he didn't, or I think this is the first time we really see them fight, fight, because he's sort of been pretty supportive the entire time about her getting help and, and whatnot, but this is the first time that, you know, and this happens in a lot of horror movies where, and it's typically the wife, the woman, the mom, who uh, is experiencing something and no one believes her. Um, so so yeah. this all made sense, sort of, in your traditional horror movie trope. I mean, it happens in Murder House when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Vivian. no one believes Vivian mm-hmm. about what's happening. And she, you know, Dylan McDermott sends her off. You know, Ben Harmon sends her off to the asylum for we don't yeah. know how long, when she's still pregnant. Just a quick side note, the dining room scene, the honeycomb ceiling and the chandelier are so cool. Like the whole this this is like just pure real estate porn. It, this house that they're living in, it's so cool. It's a pretty sweet house. Do we ever know where Billy Billy Lord's family got their money from? I don't think so. Just she references her granddad made the money and she inherited yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Not long after kind of the the scene at the house with the friends Liv returns to kind of sneak up on the receptionist from the fertility clinic in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Ends up going back to her house to like hear more background on the totem. Um, we find out she has all this occult stuff at her home. Obviously, later we learn it's all props. Um, but at this point, we think she's trying to help. She gives the ritual dagger. Did you believe... At this point, I wrote in my notes, do we believe her? And I was talking about the receptionist. And I don't even know why I suspected that maybe... This was not authentic, but for some reason I wrote it down. What was, I mean, where were you at I, this point? I, I did believe it. I was still, because I didn't think, I, I guess I hadn't paid attention enough to see that there might be a twist with the behavior of this woman and why she would do that. It does seem bizarre that she would just be a receptionist at the fertility clinic and hand her a totally like unscientific thing. <laughs> if the yeah. doctors found out, they'd be like, you're fired. <laughs> like, don't right. do that. Um, but so, so I did believe it at this point. Mm-hmm. And then we get a little, a little bit of even like flashes of Coven here as, you know, she conducts the sacred ritual or tries to. Then, of course, in the midst of it, she stabs Matt like I thought it was in the throat at first. Apparently it was just like in the clavicle shoulder. or like right below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the shoulder area. That was a risky. And she gets sent. Yeah, she gets sent to an insane asylum where we mm-hmm. find out Matt survived. And basically she's staying in the asylum willingly at this point because she like is broken and thinks she's a danger to herself and others. Um, then comes, of course, the first big twist when Matt returns to the car in the parking lot. And as soon as he was walking up to the car, I was like, oh, I know who's in that car. Um, well, actually, maybe I didn't because maybe there was a part of me that was like, well, it could be Dr. Berger who's trying to keep her in the asylum. Oh, yeah, that's true. But but no, of course, it is uh, Virginia. Let's see. What is her? Virginia Gardner, mm-hmm. um, the actress. That's her name. Who is from Marvel's Runaways in the 2018 Halloween reboot. She played Vicky. receptionist. In Halloween, yeah. and it was she was uh, her character was awesome. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. it's her, it's her, mm-hmm. and she's in the car. Yep, and, and we know that we this. She's she, of course, you know, <laughs> bad guys after after in in movies like this after the bad guys pull off their thing, it always makes them horny, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, the spell book stuff we learned was all fake. The ske- it was just all a scheme to get the the piles of money that Liv's family has. Um, they, I think they even call themselves the gaslighters when the guy's making a joke about how this show, like the season of their show should be renewed. I wonder um, if there was like any jokes that we should pull from that. Cause he says eight seasons called the gaslighters. Did any Ryan Murphy shows go eight seasons? I mean, we're, we've, we're up to 10 for American horror story. Um, I don't know. Gl- many- I don't know. I don't know how many glee seasons there were, but that'd be the only other ongoing show that got yeah. close. Right. Possibly. So, 
but uh, yeah. yeah and and then and then the one guy makes the joke about how next season uh we convince a teacher that he's being probed by aliens or something like that i'm like ooh, is that a hint for because we only seen aliens in asylum for american horror story but we might get aliens likely double for, feature. for double feature yeah so i wonder mm-hmm. that was a clue so who knows yeah yeah, maybe it is. Maybe we're getting some little Easter eggs. Um, most of the things they talk through at this point, you know, they, we've already discussed in, in our recap, like, you know, they use their acting and film and technology skills to pull off all the different stuff, the ball costume, the stuff in the ducts, the sounds, the baby monitor, all those different things. It's impressive. It's very effects. elaborate. It is. The one thing that I noted here, too, is that Matt mentions that he even intentionally worked to have a lower sperm count yeah. to get this to the <laughs> point, which... You know, it seems, first of all, it seems like... Just get a vasectomy. Well, I guess, but he... So that was what I was going to ask you about, because he says at some point, he talks about, like, you know, he re- referring to his own sperm, he's like, those little fuckers still swam through. But I think that he needed to have the baby come... Like, that was part of the plan, right? Was that eventually the baby comes so they could do all these so things. Mm-hmm. Right. So why is he saying... Like, he was saying that negatively. Or was or they planning to, like, make her go crazy without... You know, the baby being born. That's a good point. That's unclear. Because if you want to, you know, she was going to get the, if the baby was necessary, then he, you know. But I think maybe uh, because of like postponing, I, this is such a long <laughs> grift that he's, that he's, that he was doing like years and IVF, like just to get her money. There probably was an easier way to do this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we can probably also guess that a lot of the, acting gigs the auditions and the different like roles he was going to go do was probably like going to go scheme with his buddies and probably also hang out with hang out with the receptionist well i mean this is what his job was because he was all planning to you know live off of never have to work again after they scored her money um (laughs) but then we get a twist number two when the real ball shows up and jesus like really murders them gruesomely um kind of not not all that different from the way our Santa killer, Danny Trejo, murdered the bros in the bro house so last quickly. episode. Uh, pulling the spine out was definitely... <laughs> he might have punched someone through the chest, I think, too, or yeah. something. The, the blonde guy gets his head lopped off, uh, kind of punched off. The um, the woman who does all the special effects, uh, she got punched through from behind through her chest That's and her right, stomach. yeah. And then um, the sound editor guy gets his spinal cord ripped out. <laughs> and then... Um, Bernadette <laughs> just gets her she gets choked up against the wall and her head just her neck broken but then it cuts uh, yeah then it cuts well because Matt's because Matt survives apparently Ball yeah. was just like see you bro and leaves um, what happened and well Did we get talk? the context a little bit uh, yeah I mean <laughs> it's not clear exactly how that dynamic ends but uh, Matt is well it is we learn a little bit of context Matt is so shocked that he calls the police and confesses everything. It sounds like probably because he was like just so blown away by the fact that there was a uh, demon, an actual real God. demon after yeah. all this. Um, and you know he's pretty contrite. He he. Mm-hmm. We have Liv show up and she's kind of wearing actually some uh, coven style clothing. I felt <laughs> like was her vibe, which was pretty awesome with the hat and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the styling in this was so clean and sleek. Um, if you notice, um, Matt and Liv are constantly wearing um, creams or whites. Uh, the one time that that changes is after Matt leaves the um, mental institution and uh, shows up and they're having that champagne party that they, they pulled the 
the, the they got the job done he's wearing all black or he's in dark color so it's a visual shift well, obviously that he's not this white pure person well and i'm pretty sure the live shifts to all black too at the very end at when we end. find out that she entrapped Baal by doing the you know ritual again at the asylum um and now is going to make him her lover so mm. you know give me so, one more baby <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> full of twists and turns uh, mm. what i don't know what do you think after watching this episode where are you at on it I absolutely love this episode. This is what I'm here for. Like, it was great. It was entertaining. It was just paced fairly well. I agree the end was very rushed. Like, the deaths of all the friends were kind of... And this is me just getting nitpicky, but, you know, that getting drawn out into more of a haunted house where they all split up and they get picked off one by one. That's along the lines of Bro House or any, like, the Scream movies, those types of things. I, I find that a little more fun and entertaining. The The gore level was there. It was American Horror Story out of 10 loved it um a few things that bugged me is i don't how did Liv find out about matt's deception do you know what i mean like did did when she when she went when she did the uh ritual again when she was in her her cell um did when ball showed up did they talk and he say oh by the way your husband's been pulling this uh gaslighting job on you the entire time um anyway so that kind of was if I, and I also, I wish, maybe I, I need to go back and watch it because maybe there were seeds that were planted along the way so that makes this betrayal pay off a little more. Because when it happened, I was like, oh, that's crazy, that's cool. But I didn't I didn't catch any hints along the way where, you know, when when that happens in a in an episode or a movie, you think back, you're like, oh, that's what that meant. Or, oh, he, he said that one thing that one time. So that's, that's this all kind of pays off and makes sense. Um that being said, again, I loved it. Uh, I thought the demon design was really cool. It looked reminded me of the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. Um, if you ever seen those movies, like really cool. Um, look, the color scheme, the design, loved it. Um, Billy Lord crushed it. She and I've I've seen comments about this already. She looks so much like her mom in parts of this in this uh, uh, episode or this movie that it was just fantastic and it felt. I mean, she's our girl, I feel like now, you know, she's like um, Carrie Ann's, but like she's like our friend and our, our confidant and, and whatnot. Anyway, and also ultimately loved an adult themed episode for once. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What did you think overall? No, I really enjoyed it as well. I think that, I mean, Bryce mentioned this in his email, but I agree with him that I think gaslighting is like, a really it continues to be and has historically been a really excellent source of great horror um in fact Mm -hmm. you know there's a 1944 movie that kind of introduced the whole concept of it called gaslight it starred ingrid berman uh, ingrid bergman charles boyer joseph cotton and it was angela lansbury's debut film actually oh wow but it's yeah it's a psychological thriller where the whole premise of it is a man makes his wife go crazy by using actual like gas lamps and flickering them and all this other stuff to like oh yeah make her think something is is happening. So you know there's a long tradition of this kind of being the case, and especially like the husband doing this to the wife. Um, a lot of great homages in this episode, like you said, Billy Lord I think nailed it. I thought she was excellent throughout and like very convincing in every different stage to me, um, which I thought was was awesome. Um, other thing I was going to say too is that in terms of Ronan Rubinstein, I, I'm I'm ambivalent about it about him as an actor because I can't tell if he was just kind of a flat 
actor or whether it was intentionally kind of his like you know because mm-hmm. to a certain extent like i kind of told you this early on i felt like i was getting some vibes from him that were like he kind of doesn't all really seem all that you know he seems a little bit artificial he doesn't really seem all that into whole this whole having a family having a baby thing um mm-hmm. and i thought at first maybe that was just poor acting but maybe it was part of his evil character kind of shining through so hard to say whether that was excellent acting or mediocre acting um, yeah it, it got point. the job done yeah it got the job done it didn't um, i thought the go ahead uh, i was just say it didn't it didn't like distract me or deter me from enjoying the story but but i Not agree it was fine yeah. he I, I mean he's a vapid actor that that's kind of but he seemed yeah i mean his character's kind of one-dimensional until the end and then we learn a little more i guess but right exactly um and you know i think that this episode had a lot of great twists and like twists on the twists not only, I mean, for us, I feel like having watched a lot of American Horror Story, big twists like that are, I mean, they're, they happen, but they're relatively rare that we don't see them coming really at all. And the fact that I thought they did it kind of twice, I thought was very well done. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it kept me intrigued all the way through. So I thought this episode was excellent. Well, what do you give it as a rating? 4.25. I was going to give 4.5, but the more I'm thinking about it, maybe there's a few things that I would tweak to make it a little bit better. But 4.25 is the highest I've given in a very long time. And I just thought it was a fantastic... 4.25 um, fertility totem demons, or or what was the other one that um, you mentioned? Con- consecrated daggers. <laughs> or consecrated daggers. So 4.25, what do you give it? I, I'm going to give it a 4.5, and the reason being I gave a 4.25 last week to... Rowhouse, which I think still was a very uniquely shot and executed and messaged episode. But I did, in terms of like what I want to, like what I actually enjoy watching and would continue to watch, you know, um, the vibe I would like to see continued throughout the rest of the series. I felt like this episode set a really good tone in that sense. And I, like we've said, enjoyed it all the way through. So I'm going to give it four and a half consecrated daggers slash demon totems. Uh, well, that puts us at a solid eight and three quarters, I think, which yeah. is the highest of the season so far. Yeah. So we are making uh, exponential progress on a line graph, <laughs> folks. So, I mean, we'll see where we go from here, but I'm excited. Yeah. Great episode. We'll ask one last thing about Billy Lord's character. She had a real like evolution and like a uh, character arc too, which like where she ends up at the end and where she started in the beginning is so, you know, it just, it, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, how'd you feel about her having sex with Baal at the end? That was weird, but that's where I was like, all right, I forgot this was an American Horror Story production, so of course it's going to get a little like yeah, campy rough. and weird. And... Ryan Murphy touch on the end. I kind of yeah. liked it. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for listening this week. As always, you know, feel free to join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash American Horror Story. Email us with your questions and thoughts and theories whatever you want at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. And, you know, beyond just rating us and reviewing us on your favorite podcast platform, if you feel so inclined, uh, that uh, donation address is www.buymeacoffee.com slash capital T, capital A, capital H, capital S, um, if you're interested in making a little donation to this podcast. Chris, where can people find you between now and next week? I'll be on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. What about you, Tyler? You can find me on those same platforms at TJMoss11. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and until next week, happy hauntings. Mm-hmm.